25 years on the PGA Tour and a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Jay Delsing brings you his perspective on one of the world's greatest games as a professional golfer and network broadcaster. It's the game that connects the pros and the average Joes. Brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Golf with Jay Delsing is now on 101 ESPN. Good morning, St. Louis. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay Delsing. With me is my buddy, longtime caddy, John Perlis. Good morning. Good morning, Jay. I'm already starting to laugh about our subject matter today. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Well, we format the show just like Around the Golf. Our first segment is called the On the Range Segments, brought to you by Golf Discount, where St. Louis shops for all its golf needs. Um, don't forget, probably the most important thing we do all day is to talk about social media. Our outlets, Twitter's at Jay Delsing. Uh, Facebook is Golf with Jay Delsing and Jay Delsing Golf. LinkedIn is Jay Delsing and Instagram is still out there. Okay. Perfect. What do we got today? Well, I mean, you know, when you showed up this morning, Meat and I were thinking, that's pretty cool. Probably made it two shows How many times am I going to get my chops busted for missing a show like three months ago? What do you think, Meat? No days off. That's what Bill Belichick says, right? Right, right on. Come on. (laughs) Well, Antonio Brown's getting a few days off. Wow. What kind of... Forever, apparently. When you talk about social media, have you just absolutely stepped in it in a way that you can never get out? I mean, it is on you. What what? What do they say? If if you text 25 times while you're at a bar, you need a ride home. Yeah. Yeah, he needs a ride home. He needs a ride home. I I love that. I I have not heard that. Yeah. And actually, I think it's like five times, but 25 is definitely an indicator that you need a ride home. All right. So... um, We'll take a look at our show. We've got, um, we're kind of keep calling this an extreme show, Pearl. We are going to talk about some of the coolest, weirdest, funniest, oddest things that have ever happened to us on a golf course. And, um, oh, just on a golf course that ever happened to us. Well, you know, we got a couple we got to get. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're just kind of laying the floor. a golf course or yeah, something. That's right. Are we were coming from or, or to, to or something yeah. like that? Yeah. They were covered. Um, um, we've got another version of Whack and Chase, which is going to be fun. Um, want to remind folks about the Champions event that's coming to St. Louis. You're going to get to see the best players over 50 play here for four years in a row. Um, that's great stuff. Um, did you confirm whether or not you're allowed to tell us where? I just did. We're going to go to Norway. They're playing at Nor- I, I know. You, you told us that, but then you were going to find out if you were allowed to or if you got in trouble for telling us. I might, I might have gotten, well. gotten in trouble for that. It wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure that out. Um, so, what do you want to talk about? What? What? Um, one of the things when I was putting this down, I was like, "What is the most nervous I've ever been in mm-hmm. my life on the golf course?" Like what? Like I, I can remember that this was probably the most embarrassed I've ever been. Well, nervous or embarrassed—that's two different subjects. Or not both. necessarily. They're they're related because really? I go. To, um, I'm thinking I'm really cool. I'm 18 years old, 17 years old, senior well, in high school. If you don't think you're cool when you're 18, you're never going to think you're cool, so right that's on. okay. Senior in high school, and I go to my recruit trips. I'm going to all these recruit trips. I got cool trips to South Carolina and mm. Texas, Arizona, and I'm in L.A. See UCLA. I got my sweet triple knit. Oh, God, I can only blue, imagine. Light blue pants on. And I'm sure you thought they were good looking, too. Man, I don't know what I was thinking. They were disgusting. <laughs> anyway, I got like a, like 15 colors in the stripe of my shirt. No one would know I'm a golfer. 
Not with that outfit on. What? Walking down the first hole at Bel Air. Never played Bel Air before. I have no idea what this is like. So cool areas yeah, right in the middle. Place. And, and I got, you know, got my bag on backwards like we were like we did. Had my hands in my pockets like we did. Step in a hole that's at least a foot deep and go down in the dew, 730 <laughs> in the morning, my light blue pants. Now, I got my hands in my pocket. <laughs> I got my shirt. I got my face. I got a face wipe. You know, it's it's it'd be the golfer's version of a face wipe. Oh man! What a great start to your college career. I looked down at my my light blue pants, blue and green. Oh and, man! And brown. I, got, I got green stripes. I got green stripes down the down the knees, and they're there all day. Who are you playing with? I was playing with Eddie Marins and Gary Wyron. You remember Gary? He's a master. Just a great guy. I was just excited to be out there. Sure. And, um, oh, what they say? I didn't tell anybody. I don't know if they saw it. They obviously oh, they saw, saw it. They, they saw didn't it. say anything. They, like, well, well, what, what are you going to say? I think, hey, I, I think hey, at lunch. Son, you're, you're, we were to sign you up. You can't I, walk down I the dang hill. I think at lunch he goes, man, you played okay, but you're, man, you had trouble walking. Little <laughs> did I know. Um, yeah, so I went, oh, man. That's a brutal way to start. And then I wound up going to this. I didn't know. I'm like, I'm thinking. I just. How'd you play, by the way, when you. Uh, I think I played pretty well. Did I you? didn't hit one fairway. Well, you knew that. I mean, I didn't hit a fairway. I don't think I hit a fairway in that golf course until my junior year. Uh, I was going to say, I don't think so either. I went through a similar thing. I didn't fall down the hill, uh uh, but I played really well, and it was a lot of fun. And it's the reason, I would say, why I even got to go out there. Because unlike you, I didn't really earn a shot to go uh, play with them. I had somebody know somebody who knew somebody, and I got a chance to play (laughs) with somebody. And I played really good. Uh, The weird thing that happened to me that day is I was actually going to shoot even par, 70. And first time I'd seen a golf course, which yeah, very I, was, I was playing very really, really, good. really well. Yeah. And then the last hole, I got about a two-and-a-half-foot straight-up pillar to shoot even par. And I hit it about one foot. <laughs> and he's looking at me. Eddie's looking at me. Coach Marin's looking at me. My dad's looking at me like, what the, what the heck? Hell? And the guy that sponsored the yep. situation is looking Ed's at me. title? Yeah, exactly. Good, good memory. I looked down at my blade, and I had a piece of... Uh, Sand, or no fertilizer, fertilizer. Yep. and it had just—I've done that. It, I've done it, that. Parted right there. So of course my dad's thinking, you know, you just choked on that thing, <laughs> and so in at Marin's, I remember him saying, "Well, you know, what kind of what happened there, champ? You know yeah. how, how you do that?" And I showed him my blade, and he just kind of nodded. We both kind of laughed. Of like, but it was really a bummer because yeah. I was having such a good day. I just I didn't see the uh, the fertilizer on, on my blade. Yeah, I can remember that um, people were saying to me my first couple of years, like. I don't even remember playing with you. I remember shaking hands with you on the first tee, and then I saw you on the 18th green. I don't think you hit one fairway. And I'm like, are we supposed to? The first time I ever played with you, I played with you and Stuart Smith out there. Oh, man, no. <laughs> Stanford Stuart. Oh, well, you didn't see either of us at I all. I literally, I remember this, I literally did not see either one of you guys in play for 18 holes. Yeah. You both shot like 68, 69. I shot my patent 76 or 77. I'm kind of more or less down the middle, not making any putts. You guys are just willy whacking it all over oh, the place, yeah. shooting the sixties. That was that was quite the uh, introduction. I didn't know that um, that people paid that much attention. You know, but like, dude, you didn't hit well, one so, fairway. You don't have so- to pay attention. I just never saw you. Normally, you play in a group with the guys. Yeah. You talk to them once in a while. Yeah, and you also go like, well, are we supposed to be in? I was just trying to hit it as hard as I could. You, you know, were. Where, yeah, I you think were. I did. Yeah, I think I did. Um, yeah, so. When I got on tour, 
What's the most pressure? Is that was that the biggest? Also? That that felt like it, but it wasn't. Yeah. So I'm playing at the TPC. That was our biggest purse. TPC, by, Florida TPC. Yep, the, yeah. the, the the players championship. Yep. yep. And um, this is when we played it in March, like it's played now. So you can get dicey weather. We had dicey weather. And I get up to the 17th hole, and I'm I'm probably in the right around 10th. Big, big dollars. If if most of the tournaments, Pearl, were $500,000 purses, this was a million and a half. It was it always deal. is the biggest. And so, and you know, there's water everywhere. And I look at, they moved the tee on 17 way to the left. So you couldn't even see the little pot bunker. They also had a back right hole location. So I'm like, aim it left, dude. And I'm trying to figure out, should I hit a little eight or should I try to hit this hard nine? I mean, it's only 100, but the wind's blowing into us about 15 miles an hour. And I'm like, I decided to go for the little eight. And I hit it about a groove and a half thin. So she's flying low. Could be kind of perfect, though. <laughs> she's flying low, and I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't know what to, how to root for this. It might not land right. Right. <laughs> right. You're flying into the wind, a blot of ball. I'm thinking, I don't know how to root for this thing. So I'm anxiously, you know, I'm blowing. <laughs> Go ball, go, and it gets it lands on. So I'm like, oh man, sit. Now I'm thinking <laughs> I scald it a little bit, you know, sit, and all of a sudden I hear some applause, and I'm like, just stay on the green. It did happen to be right at the flag. I was gripping the daylights out of that eight iron as this was happening, and you know, it seems like now as I describe it, it took like three minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> it's all all in about eight yeah, seconds, yeah. right? And you have all these people around Pearl. There are 20,000 people around this green because they're just looking for blood. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be looking blood for that car that yeah, car crash. Car crash. And I'm thinking now I hear I, there's more clapping and more clapping, and all of a sudden it is thunderous, and I'm like, stayed on the green. This is very cool. Now I'm thinking, be Close enough. So close that I can't, so miss, I can't it. miss it. Just be so close that I can't miss it. And, you know, it's a it's a long walk around that, that yeah. pond, Pearl. So they get your, I get my putter. Great. I'm thinking 30 seconds ago, I'm thinking I could be dropping. Right. First on the front end. Now you're trying to, on the back now end. Now you want to make the birdie putt. Now, now I've got to act like a pro, you know, tipping yeah. my cap. Oh, this long walk. And I'm wondering, how close can this be? Can you please be in there where I cannot miss it? So you make the turn. You can't see it because there's that dip in there, and you have to kind of walk to the back. I walk to the back, and you enter the green almost like the third quadrant in the back of it over there. It is literally – it almost went in. Mm -hmm. It's literally three inches from the hole. You got that. I was like, I don't need any – I don't need any. That's cool. That's very cool. A lot of of stories in that hole, baby, through the years. Yeah, that's when it went my way. Um, Some other times I can remember – playing with Hal Sutton in the second-to-last group down at Colonial, which is down in Memphis, and I was having a, a good tournament. Um, went to the for the par 5, 15th and 2, and didn't go so well. Like, did anybody see my ball? My guy's like, I don't think it carried the water. I'm like, I didn't see a splash. He's like, I didn't either, but I didn't see the water. See it splash. So we went up there, and Hal Sutton's like, you know what, man? Your ball didn't cross over here. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think it did either. Had to go back. It was my first time. I felt, you know, like I, I was really in contention. I think I, I think I 
dumped a little 79 at him. Ooh, that hurts. You know what Hal shot? 65. You know won the tournament? Hell. He he won in the playoff. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, but you were right in the middle to see kind of how it looks to make it happen. Yeah, I um man, I was, you know, I was nervous. Yeah. Uh, just that whole day, I just had a hard time getting, you know, comfortable. And it, you know how your starts when you you don't get off to a great start and you're just kind of like, oh. But that's one of those places that, that you haven't been before. When they say you got to be there a bunch of times yeah. to make it happen. When we've talked in previous shows about these young guys that, you know, you think, well, they haven't been there before, but they're winning. Well, in some ways they have been there before because they've been playing on the world stage, amateur, college, etc. So they're kind of there. But that's uh, that's important. You look through the years, too, at that note. How many times did uh, Tom Watson have to be there before he won? Well, what about Tom, what about Payne Stewart? They said he was he was he was a choker and would never win. And uh, uh, Nick Faldo, they used to call him Foldo. Foldo yep. And you know, nowadays you you tell people that they're like, "What are you talking about? He was always a superstar." No, they weren't yep. always superstars. Yep. They they went through that process to pay their dues, get beat up, and kind of learn how to win that next level. I remember the Payne Stewart. It was I'm not going to remember what golf course, unfortunately, but. Long, tough par three, water all over the place, and he hung in there and hit it close, and that was kind of his. That it's was, all, it's that's all, right. There's almost a shot right. that puts you into that next level that you want to be, and I and I wish I remember the name of the golf course, but I remember that shot. And then talking about the commentators did a great job, said, you know, here's the situation where this is normally when it gets him, and he just froze something in there, and all of a sudden he was a different a different player. Do you remember? I can remember him trying to win the Byron Nelson down in um, at Las Colinas, and he got to the 18th hole. He had a uh, one stroke lead and he three putted mm. and then he went in a playoff and hit it in a bunker and bladed the shot mm. o- uh, out of the bunker over the green. And I think um, Rex Caldwell won or Bob Eastwood or somebody won. And, and uh, you know, like Bob Eastwood versus Payne Stewart. Yeah. I mean, who's who's heard of those guys? But they were tough and they knew how to get it done. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to wrap up the on the range segment. Um, come back. This is a show of extremes and golf with Jay Delsing. And we are going to uh, be right back. This is one oh one. ESPN. Doster, Olam, and Boyle LLC are a proud sponsor of Golf with Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. The firm was started in January 2015 by Mike Doster, Jess Olam, and John Boyle, three veterans of the St. Louis real estate, banking, commercial, and corporate legal landscape. The firm was founded on the shared view that success should be measured by client and community satisfaction, not profits for partner. The firm's focus is on business, real estate, corporate, finance and restructuring, and succession planning. Since its founding in 2015, Doster, Olam, and Boyle have been involved in real estate, business, and corporate transactions with a combined value in excess of over $1 billion. For decades, Doster, Olam, and Boyle lawyers have been recognized as leaders in their practice areas by their peers. Doster, Olam, and Boyle, LLC. Extraordinary talent, ordinary people. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. I want to thank Whitmore Country Club for sponsoring my show, Golf with Jay Delsing. There's 90 holes of golf at Whitmore. If you join out at Whitmore, you get privileges at the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, Golf Club of Wentzville, and all the cart fees are included in that membership. There's no food and beverage minimums and no assessments ever. They've got a great 24-hour fitness center, a large pool complex, three tennis courts, a year-round social calendar that is rocking out at Whitmore. There's kids' clubs, junior golf, junior tennis, swim team available for your children. This is a family-friendly atmosphere, a wonderful staff, and you've got to go to the golf shop and visit my friend, Bummer. 
He is an absolute treat. Don't forget about the golf leagues, their skin games, members tournaments. Bummer and the staff out of Whitmore are continually running cool and fun golf events for you and your family. Visit their website at whitmoregolf.com. I want to welcome my newest sponsor to Golf with Jay Delsing. It's Golf Discount. Golf Discount is where St. Louis has shopped for its golf equipment since 1976. Golf Discount has been and still is locally owned. They employ the most experienced staff you'll find anywhere. There are two locations, one in South County just off of Lee May Ferry and one in O'Fallon at Highways K and N. Golf Discount fits your custom equipment to your swing using the -the state-of-the-art GC Quad Launch Monitor. This ensures that perfect fit that you're looking for. Go to Golf Discount for all your golfing needs. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. You can find Jay online at jdelsinggolf.com. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Jay and John are here, and we are going to the front nine. Um, so, Pearl, we are doing our show of extremes. Um, before we get into uh, some more of the fun stuff about being nervous, but crazy things we've seen, things we've done, um, what are you looking forward to this year, golf wise? What what is there anything that that comes to mind? Because I know what a fan you are of the game. I know you watch it even more than I do. Um, you know, Rory's won two FedEx Cups now. Rory won Player of the Year. Rory, he kind of did it almost uh, in a quiet yeah, way. Yeah, for sure. You know, and where people were thinking, oh, it's Brooks, it's Brooks, it's Brooks. And, and again, Kepka wins another major. Uh, what are you looking forward to? I, I'm looking forward to President's Cup, end of the year. Uh, I, I like the competitions. I like the situations when the players are out of their normal element. You know, we already know who can play the best in the majors for the most part. We already know who can do this and do that. I just like it when there's different things. So if it's if it's majors, but the uh, weather is a little bit different, or when some more or less lesser known person hops into the uh, in, in, so I like to just see kind of a different gig, uh, throw the players out of their normal uh, patterns. That's why I like different types of formats. That's why I like that they even change some of the uh, rotation on the tournaments. I think it makes it fun. I you and I went back and forth this year several times, but. I really like the way that they've uh, divided this up. There's six months of something to really look forward to the game in, in each yep. one of the months at least. And like we talked about, the wraparound season is whatever. It's, it's, it's needed. It's out there. It's, it's still positive. They're still raising tons of money for charity. Guys are cutting their teeth, uh, getting yep. to have a win, things like that. Uh, so I would say I'm looking forward to that part big time. And – you know, Jay, maybe the last time it was this extreme with new young guns coming up the pike may have been, obviously I'm biased, but may have been around our time coming right. out of college. Right. You know, there was a switch to where all of a sudden there was 15 to 20 new names getting established out there. And, and traditionally, it's one or two names a year. Right. Well, not anymore. You've got all these guys, and they're coming from all different parts of the world, which is making changes as well. I like that. I do, too. I think it's it's really cool. Let me ask you this on the President's Cup real quick. Tiger going to pick himself? I, I don't. I, I just don't think he can. I think I think we've you, you think I think you said you thought he would. I think it'd be interesting. It's it's not really a first. Right. Uh, per se. But I think it's a it'd kind of be a Tiger thing. I'm a huge Tiger fan. Just physically. 
I just don't see how his body holds up for this. And so I think it'd be really unfortunate if he goes out there and, and physically can't get it done. That's that's a problem. Right. I mean, and how would you also think about the duties of trying to juggle all this and play? You know, you know much more prepared. about that. I, I, I don't roll my eyes with the duties of the of the of the captain. Uh, it's kind of like here's twelve guys. Here's gonna, who's going to go play who. I know we make a ton about it. We had Jennifer Monroe on there. You've talked to Julie Inkster about it, and I know there's quite a few pieces to it. But I also know you can get great you know, co-captains and, and guys that, by the way, have been there before if you really chose to, and they could handle a lot of those duties, and you could just kind of go play. So, you know, I think that's one reason it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of side stories uh, for President's Cup, a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah, really, really cool. Um, all right, so let's go back to this extreme, our, our topics. Um, okay. All right, so I was thinking about this. Longest drive I've ever hit. Playing with David Ogren and Howard Twitty, playing at the International, Castle Pines, first hole. I had just played the back nine. This is when we're, stable, we're using the Stapleford system. And the only thing you don't want to do is make a bunch of pars. You want to go out, you can make five birdies and a triple bogey, and you're going to be right up on the leaderboard. I make eight pars and three putt 18. So now I got a black one, and I am just on fire. And I got to walk across the thing, and I hit a drive, and I don't know if it hit a sprinkler head or what, but I hit. We we figured it was like four hundred and forty something yards. Mm. This is in this is in the nineties. I was a hundred and eighty one yards in front of David Ogren, and the way I know that is that he marked it off, mm. and I hit an eight iron into that par five. Did you make birdie? Come out the next. I did just barely. <laughs> slopped in a slopped in a little four footer after hitting my eight iron over the green, but um, got out the next day. Hit a drive, nice drive. Hit it good. I laid up with a four iron. Wow. It's one of those deals. What did you hit? You must have hit something I out there. I hit something, but I couldn't find the mark on the ball, so huh. I don't know. Maybe I didn't look, so I just wanted to think it was one of those drives. Um, shortest drive. Worst drive. So one of my well, – growing up, this, this is just fun as hell. Growing up, we're, we're playing in the morning, and um, hit my drive out there. My buddy hits a drive, hits it off the heel, low. It gets the white T marker. It's, those were the when the time was a little sure. bitty ball about the size of a baseball, hard yeah. as a rock though, dead square, and this ball is rocketing back at us and goes behind us out of bounds. Hmm. Tough play from there. Re T, baby. I guess what's the difference between hitting a three hundred yarder out of bounds or a negative fifty yarder <laughs> out of bounds? I guess it's the same thing. Right. I did play with Greg Norman down in Memphis and saw him top. I drive 40 yards. He really? was the best driver of the ball in my generation. I will tell you, between he and Fuzzy Zeller, they were the best drivers of the ball. Long and straight. Norman was longer and a little straighter than Fuzzy. Hmm. Fuzzy was a really underrated ball hitter. But Greg Norman hit a drive about 40 yards. Never got off the, never got off the wow. ground. I actually felt great about that. <laughs> the best players in the world can absolutely miss him. You know, TV makes... Uh... You guys even look better because they, uh, for the most part, they don't show the terrible shots. If you're not playing well, they, it's like you're not even in the tournament. Yeah, they don't show you the weeks when, you, you know, and, and doing the TV like I have, you see that, you know. And um, and you know what? You made up. You made a great point. You have done some behind the scenes work for NBC for the Ryder Cups and what three Ryder Cups, right? Uh four, four, yeah. four Ryder yeah. Cups. Sorry, four. 
How about there, when you're playing and you're on that team and you've earned your way on that team, but you're not playing well, you cannot hide. When you're playing on the regular tour pro and you're having a lousy week, you're either at the back end of the bus, barely making the cut and going through and before TV gets on, or you miss the cut entirely. That's the beauty of it. Right. I remember my my wife, uh, Sally, uh, worked uh, one of the Ryder Cups as well, and we get, she didn't know golf that much, and all she had to really do is all what she was doing was keeping score. Yeah. So, she, did you just say all she had to do? Yeah, that, okay. that is all. Sorry she about had to that, do. Sally. And she, we'll and make she, sure you hear this. She had a tough time with that because the weather was horrible that day. Yeah. Was we, that in Valderrama? No, that was terrible weather too. This was at uh, where Maggard play? Was it Brookline? I think it was Brookline. Anyway. So we get over with the first 18. we got to hustle around. It's it's fun, but it's a lot of work. And so Sally's can, doing 36. Yeah, she's going to do 36. So Trooper. We, we just sit down. They have a little box lunch. So we're sitting under a tree before the next matches start. And she said, why is, why is uh, Jeff Maggard in this tournament? I said, well, what do you mean? He's one of the best players in the world. Oh, I thought he was an amateur. I said, Sally, he's one of the best players in the world. I said, what are you talking about? She said, he hit it in the trees of the water on every hole. <laughs> but that's the thing that's about the Ryder Cup right. and, these, and these events. He may have played great two years ago to qualify. Right. And then he's just not on his game, but it's like, you're up. That is so, first of all, if they're playing that bad, they're probably not going to play in a tournament that week, let alone just go out there and play bad. Right. As you said, if they do play bad, they're not going to get seen. They're going to miss the cut. Now you're on the world stage. Go play. So that was something. I got to see a lot of that. Wayne Levy. He almost set out the entire uh, matches one year he was playing so poorly. Yeah. I think I don't know if it was the war at the shore where Dave Stockton was captain, but it was one of those. And he was, it's like you said, this is a two-year points are compiling and you're you're earning the spot. So you earn it. They can't really take it away from you. But, right. man, they really don't want to play you. Yeah. And you might not want to play. Right. I mean, we're, they're all competitors, so I guess they want to get out there. But you know, if you don't have your game, you don't have your game. And didn't you say that was the that was the case with Curtis Strange when he was playing at Brookline? Oh yeah, it was. It because was because he was a captain's pick too, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was kind of brutal to watch, yep. and he was playing Faldo in the yep. last match. Unfortunately, I got that uh, another another story, but it was kind of what I said. It looked like it was going to uh, be all over. I said, if it's going to matter, it's going to matter with this match, and. Faldo could not find the club face. Yep. And Strange just could not make the ball go where he wanted either. And Faldo just wedged him to death and, yep. and goes out and, and beats him. So it's it's tough. And, and I remember Curtis walking down. Here's a very, very, very accomplished player. As you were walking off the uh, first hole at Bel Air and fell down the hill, he didn't have his hands in his pockets, <laughs> and he wasn't clearing his clubs. And I didn't know if he's going to make it down the hill. I just saw maybe the most nervous person I've ever seen in my life. And he just was really having a tough time with that. And, you know, follow just edged him out on that last hole. We've heard some of the stories and heard some of our friends yeah. talk to us about how nervous those team competitions are, you know, where there's that extra weight where you feel like, damn, they're out of their element. Right. Right. Yeah, you're not playing. This is like my game. My game sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm like you said, if I'm playing this poorly, I'm not going to show up and try to beat the best players in the world. You go work mm-hmm. on your game and, you know, but we get the you flag take... on your clubs, and you got your flag on the yep. on, on on your back, and you know it, it has a, a different meaning. And if you, hopefully you try to co- uh, convince yourself that's not the case, but none of them seem to be able to do that. It's just hard. Yeah, very hard. Um, okay, so back to our um, our fun topics about extremes. I gotta tell you a story about. I was down at Disney 
playing at uh, the the. Orange, Did, orange, orange no, tree. I was playing at at uh, Mag. Mag. What are we going to tell the orange tree uh, fishing golf story? Oh boy, we got to tell that. That's I'll, I'll get tossed <laughs> right under the hopefully, bus. Hopefully, we haven't said that. Told no, that on the show. Well, I can't haven't. remember. Anyway, so Pearl, um, I got three amateurs with me. Standing on the 16th tee at the Mag. You know, it's a straightaway par four, pretty short, 400, 420, something like that. And getting ready, the group clears in front of us. And I look, I'm standing back there, and I look at my caddy. Nick DePaul was caddy mm-hmm. for me at the time. And Nick DePaul won uh, the British Open with Seve Ballesteros and, uh, twice, and uh, Nick was a hell of a caddy. And I said, uh, Nick, look at that over here. Something's in the left rough m- moving towards the fairway. And, I, and it was 20, 25 feet long. And I said, what is that? And he goes, holy, man, that is a snake. And I said, so I call an official, Slugger White, great guy, good friend, was right behind the 15th green. I said, Slugger, look at that. And he goes, whoa, I've never seen anything like that big. I go, you got to get down there and make, and he goes, I don't want to get, you know, your first reaction is. Send a caddy. Run. Send yeah, a caddy. Send a caddy and let him know, hey, is that snake poisonous? <laughs> um so he goes, oh, man, I, I go, you got to get down there and make sure this thing just shuffles off into the bush, bushes and doesn't, you know, get go after some people. He came back, so we waited. And I, we're literally watching this thing slither across the fairway. It didn't take nearly as long as you might guess either. And um, walk its way right into, you know how swampy that, yeah. that property yeah. is. Great fishing and stuff yeah. out there too. But he came back and said he has never seen anything that big and that frightening that wasn't in a zoo. What kind of was it? Do you remember? He said it was, he said black. And I'm like, I don't. I mean, they have Python issues in Florida right. in general, in Everglades. Apparently some people let some go, you know, years ago, and that's not quite the same area, but I'm wondering if it's. Oh, it could have been. I don't know, but I. I, I, I wouldn't have, want to get anywhere near that. Oh my God, I'm just, not a, really one of those people all afraid of snakes necessarily, but something like that is just like, no, what, do you, what do you do around no. that? And then I, I'll, I'll tell you one other story. In 1985, we're down in Pensacola, and this is, you know, the tour is just new mm. for me, my rookie year. And there is a 13-foot alligator just strolling around. Like, literally, we're walking. I'll never forget. I'm walking down this par 5, and I look over, and I'm like, it looks like a dinosaur. Yeah. And it's Mid- got away. Mid- Midwest boy goes south and, and, and sees that. Oh, the Florida boys can care less. Man. They would run up there and tap on the on the tail. Completely and, and, freaked and, me and, out. Yeah, and Completely freaked me I out. I was like, no way. Yeah. This thing was, as, you know, longer than your car yeah. and about as wide as a refrigerator. I'm yep. like, uh, uh, no way. Have you got any, uh, have you got a story, like an animal story on a golf course or anything that, um, one time I caught a trout with my wedge up at, uh, what? at, at Edgewood. Yeah, it was, uh, no, come yeah, on. It was, it was, uh, it was just flipping around. I think it was spawning season and I, I went down there and you know, me fishing. You're the best fisherman I've ever so been around. I, I go down there and it's like, about a one and a half, two pounder. And I just walked down to the water's edge and I had my wedge in my hand and I reached down and you know how you kind of yeah. scoop a ball out of the water type of thing, you know, when you're looking for and golf You caught balls. it just right. I just went there and it and I just flicked it and that thing came fluffing up right up on shore. I was like, there you go. I didn't have a license or anything. Did you toss it back? Yeah, I tossed it back. Oh, yeah. Very good. <laughs> very good. Well, that's going to do it for the front nine. Uh, come back. We've got more of our extreme uh, show. On Golf with Jay Delsing, this is 101 ESPN.
Quick note, we just got a call from our friend Joe Sheezer at USA Mortgage. He said the rates are still below 4%, and if you mention Golf with Jay Delsing, he'll give you a discount on your closing costs. Please call him today at 314-628-2015. Do you folks know about a family-owned and operated jewelry business that's been in the St. Louis area since 1946? If you haven't heard the name Sutley before, well, you have now. They are the premier Hearts on Fire dealer in the metropolitan region and have been for more than 21 years. What's a Hearts on Fire diamond, you ask? It is the world's most perfectly cut diamond. The Sutleys are knowledgeable and passionate about your jewelry needs and are open six days a week. They will treat you like family and want to understand your wishes and desires. Their business thrives on developing personal relationships with you. Sully's also strive to stay on top of the latest trends in fashion with amazing selection of designer jewelry from famous designers like Lagos, Zengani, Simon G., just to name a few. It's all done at Sully's. Sully's is on the cutting edge of the diamond business, featuring the lab-grown diamonds that can cost 30 to 40% less than a mined diamond. Whether it's a hearts on fire, designer or custom jewelry, or even the new and innovative lab-grown diamonds, let Sutley Jewelers take care of all your jewelry needs. I have known this family for 45 years. Go in and see Gary. Ask for Gus. Ask for Laura. It's a family business, and they are terrific people. They're located in the Lamp and Lantern Village on Clayton Road, just west of Highway 141 in Town and Country. You can also visit them at saettele.com. After 25 years on the PGA Tour, Jay Delsing takes you behind the scenes from the eyes of a pro. Now back to more golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, St. Louis. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got my buddy Pearlie here, and we are headed to the back nine. And, uh, Pearlie, let's talk just a little bit about Whitmore. They're the title sponsor of our show. Um, it's just a great uh, membership. 90 holes of golf. You got 36 at Whitmore. You got the Links of Dardeen, the Golf Club of Wentzville, the Missouri Bluffs, and the. Um, it's kind of a big deal. They, they include the golf cart fees in that membership. So you're not getting hit for additional cart fees. I love fees. not getting nickeled and dimed uh, yeah. when you're a member. I, 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 I love thought it. so too. They got a great uh, a 24 hour fitness complex, a great uh, pool, three tennis courts. Um, but the biggest part about that, that strikes me about Woodmore is the opportunity to play golf. You get the the various golf courses to choose from, and then you've got the the family aspect. So there's there's junior golf, junior tennis, swim teams, and swim leagues for your kids. There's this um, uh, kids club. This um, really awesome. You drop your kids off, you go play golf. They can do what they do, and uh, you can. Uh, reconnect later. Bummer and the staff over there are some of our favorites. They run golf leagues, skins games, they members tournaments. There's husband wife events. There's all sorts of different fun stuff to do over at Whitmore. Um, one of the things that for amateurs to really have their game get better is to play different golf courses. And when you're stuck at a membership where there's only one course, yeah, it's not as good for your game. Yeah, definitely for the game, getting to meet people. Check things out. Keep it fresh. Yep. A lot of good parts. Yep. So go visit them at WhitmoreGolf.com. All right. So this is our extreme show. We talked a little bit about being nervous. We talked a little bit about um, some of the longest drives. Some of the, is there, what's, the, what's the most nervous you've ever been caddying for me? Caddying for you? 
Hmm. I'm putting you on the I remember spot. one time when we were uh, playing in uh, Tucson, you were playing really well and uh, teed off on, was it the par five where there's water left on the back Ten, nine? Ten, Ten. Yeah, I think so. And tough for a tough first swing of the day, to say the least. And it's one of those holes where you do get a good drive. It's kind of an auto birdie. And I remember you, <laughs> I wasn't nervous. We're walking up to the first hole, up to the green. And you turn around to me and say, what's wrong with you? Are you nervous? I looked at you. I said, I'm just carrying your bag. I think it might be you. And you just got you gave, hey, me, the dull, you gave you me the dull thing, hairy oh, eyeball. God, me. So How do I get rid this guy? I'm trying to think when I was nervous carrying your bag. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what. You could tell if I was nervous because I would get really quiet because I'm like, I don't want to disrupt anything. I would say probably, Jay, a couple times. And, you know, I've never I, noticed I, it, by the way. I've never noticed you being being nervous other than, you know, what I said on that tee. And, and obviously it was because I was nervous. Yeah, I just don't I don't remember uh, uh, too much with that. I remember if there's any time sometimes it'd probably be with some of the guys we played. Uh, we played with Stuart Sink and Kenny Perry one time. And I was actually kind of buddies with Kenny because I'd played. Uh, some mini tour golf with him, but you know I was always a little bit nervous there because it was those times where I really wanted you to shine to kind of get to that sense of you know playing with these guys and then playing up with that next level of people and that kind of stuff. I, you know, we talk about it on the show all the time. My biggest nervousness was to make sure I didn't lose a golf bag before we teed off. If I made it to the first tee, yeah. I wasn't going to be yeah, nervous. Your nervousness came the night before. <laughs> oh man, I think about that. That is uh, that is something. If you had. An ideal, you got to pick your foursome. Oh boy, who would you throw in there? Who who would be mm. yourself, and who would the three people be? God, I don't do this stuff well um, <laughs> at all. Who would the, who would my foursome be? Oh man, I would pick my dad. and My brother would be, uh, yeah. you know, a no brainer, and um, um, and probably I'd, I'd probably pick you. It'd be the the yeah, four of us. Yeah. That'd, be a, that'd be a lot of fun. We had so much different times that way. Yeah, I'd probably be. I guess if I had to, it'd be more of a my dad, me, Arnold Palmer, and uh, maybe yeah. a professional uh, from another sport or something like, like that. Like Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't know. He doesn't pay. And my father would definitely be having a bet with him, and he would probably <laughs> win. And, uh, you know, he'd get enough strokes. He wasn't going to beat him straight it's out. That's true. true. He was a gamer. He would, he would want some of that. Uh, no, I would do it for my father's sake. I would have done it then with uh, had Larry Bird play with us because that, oh, yeah. that was always that uh, was always. Oh, Larry Bird my, my was my dad's, dad's favorite, favorite too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's pretty well, incredible. It, you didn't ask me before, but the most nervous I ever was when we played NCAA's senior year. Oh, first, yeah. first tee, San Joaquin. San Joaquin Valley Country I, Club. Yeah. I I about passed out hyperventilating. I was I was in trouble, and uh, that's I, I, a I, tough tee shot too because it's elevated and. Yo. Any anything hitting the golf ball, it, it was because it was the it was the pinnacle for me. It was uh, you know playing NCAA's. I thought our team had a chance to win. We did. We had I a was definitely to win. lower man on the totem pole, if not lowest man on the totem pole. But I had a good tournament, and that's where yep. I got you know the things that I got out of it. But uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It was uh, uh, I can remember I have a couple holes into it. I, I calmed down somewhat, but it was probably the third round before I calmed down. That's that what I was going to ask you. So one of the things that happens is, as it goes, what I've experienced is with that nervousness, it, 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 you you get into it, like when playing basketball and things like that, like we did, being able to run and, and being able to burn some of that yeah. or hit something or throw something, it, it, it's, a, it's a real relief. With golf, you don't have that outlet. And sometimes you can get that 
anxiousness and anxiety to burn off. And other times it's like it's stuck oh, on I, me. It can be on me all day. Yeah. It's, and it's 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 exhausting. Yeah. Absolutely exhausting. exhausting. Yeah. I, I hated that part of it uh, for sure. Although I have to say, again, the hardest part for me going through tour school. Yeah. I did really well. Uh, the one year almost made it through. When I got on the golf course, Jay, after, especially after the first swing, it was almost remarkable how calm I was. The in-between plan, yeah, yeah it was horrible. I was, yep. You know, it's yep. a six-round six tournament. I was exhausted by the yep. last the last two rounds, and that's really what got me. Yep. I was playing really well, but I, was, I, I didn't sleep well. I didn't eat. I was exhausted. <laughs> I, hate, I hate acknowledging it, but that, that was the bottom line. Right. I was one of those guys that I could get back into my room and just kind of go, no, this is, I mean, I, I could I could get anxious. But as I learned, and we're going to have Bob Rotella on the show, oh, uh, which would be, be really fun. You learned how to, and you know that, you know how to do that you know in a now. much better way now. Yeah. When you can, you know, you you almost have to transplant thoughts and, and seed your brain with the good things to choose from. Otherwise, it'll go right back to these old tapes that you play all the time. And, and typically, they're the ones that toss you in areas that you don't want to go to. So here's an extreme question for you. What's the most mad, upset, hot you've ever been on a golf oh, course? Oh, boy. That is a good one. I know, I, I know one that had to rank pretty high. Which Down one? Down in Alabama going through. Uh, oh, that is it. That is 100. <laughs> um, that is 100% it. I, I don't, I've, never been the, I've, I've never been that mad in my entire life. So we got to set that up. Yeah. So we're playing in the the nationwide tour championship. Uh, to the second round, I shoot. This is horrible weather we're having. Horrible weather, tons of rain, cold and damp too. Right, pros? Yeah. Kinda, it, for it, there, it, it, was it was not just warm. brutal. It was just brutal. And um, we get out, got the lead after two rounds, and I need to finish. What do I need to, Pearl? I don't need to. I need to finish somewhere in the top ten to Something get my like card yep. for yep. next year. Right, so Huge I go deal. to the Saturday's round, and it is a nightmare. It is raining. We're playing lift, clean, and place. There's puddles in the fairway. Half of the golf course was casual it's completely water. underwater, and we plod through it. I think I shoot seventy four, yeah, seventy something. Like something. Yeah. I don't know. Not not Kinda great. Kind of go nothing. back up on the bubble. Yeah. So so I go in from leading by a couple to, and my first round was very mediocre too. It was like another seventy four, yeah. and then I shoot like sixty two, and then seventy four, and it is unplayable. In my opinion, I thought it was unplayable. Well, we get out the Sunday's round, but they were convincing you, "Oh no, Jay, we're going to finish." I remember right. this with the with the because uh, you were asking the officials, "No, no, no, we have to finish and that kind of stuff." So we're like, "Okay, you know, it's hey, what, what we're going to yeah. do." So I can remember on the seventh hole, that par five, we hit our, we can't reach, can't hit a ball more than two hundred thirty yards. It's raining so yeah. hard and so wet. We lay it up there to about a nice little number for our wedge. 90 yards or so. And Pearl, there's the entire fairway's water. Mm-hmm. And we call an official out, and he says, uh, oh, here, come drop it over in the four-inch Bermuda rough. Which Downhill lie. Probably can't get it on the green, correct? Right. And I said to him, uh, I'll, I'll never forget this. I said, what are we doing out here? Yeah. This is ridiculous. And I do remember if they canceled the third round, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Okay, so I'm, we're struggling along. I think I'm even par one one under, one over, mm-hmm. whatever it is, but right on the bubble. And we get to, like, hole number, and I just make a birdie, and we get to, like, hole 14, and the horn goes off. So they're suspending play, as we thought, suspending play. So we go in, um, and they can't – no, they did cancel play. And I was not – I was right. I was in 
on the course where I was with five holes left, I was just out without, after without, three rounds. Without, without the round. right. We get in there, and it's the same conditions. Nothing right. has changed other than still raining. And they say we're wiping this fourth round out. The fourth round didn't occur, and we're going. the results will stand after three rounds. And how many times did they tell us? You heard them. I, I was there. I was there. They, yeah, you were they hot. told us. Oh man, I, I, I can. Oh man, you, you were marching up and down the road. You were. You were I just didn't know what to do with myself. Oh, it, it was such a huge deal in your life. You know, you got kids, you got a family, you're supporting them, and all of a sudden you have your card. And now you don't have your card. Well, I was trying to figure out what to do with this when you're telling us you're doing one thing and then go yeah. going ahead and and changing the rules mid-stroke was really yeah. hard to handle. Yeah. That was I. What's the most pumped up you've ever been on uh, on a golf course? Oh man, I can remember um, almost winning Memphis uh, without the go- hitting that golf cart and having my ball go into the tree was was one where um, this when I shot sixty one. I shot sixty one on a Sunday. I was it was one of the most. Fired up. I, it was almost like, can I just play? Th- if I could play three more holes, I know I could birdie all three of those. Um, I got to, um, I had a finish at the Bank of Boston in Sutton, Mass. We used to play that that tournament up there. Um, I finished on Saturday, on Saturday's round, I finished with five threes. I finished, I, I, I finished and played. You know, finished with five threes for oh, the last awesome. five holes. That's and awesome. on Sunday's round, I was, I'll never forget, I was playing with Curtis Strange. I was trying to catch Azinger. And I and he was rooting for you. And uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Curtis <laughs> was like, who are you? <laughs> anyway, um, I went, I, I, I birdied 16, I birdied 17, and I was charging. You know, I had this all this momentum, and I hit this, uh, hit it in this greenside bunker in two, going for the green in two. And remember just... I'm like, you got to make this wet shot, and I hit it. And I'm thinking, oh man, I'm, and I hit it up there about an inch. So I buried the last three holes to wind up finishing second. But you know what, Pearl? That momentum, and we see this all the time in sports. You talk about the Cardinals and the Cubs series, you know, last weekend and stuff, and and how you can just see that momentum, and as it runs, it's such a powerful thing. And I look about and think about how many times I derailed myself because I didn't respect it mm. enough in my game, where I should have said, I don't need to take any risk. Put the ball in the green. Things are going your way. You're liable to hold another putt. Yeah. I would change that if I could in the way that my approach to the game, if I could. A lot of fun when you've got it rolling in the right direction. No, yeah. No, a huge high. Huge yeah. High. So that was great. This was really fun. We kind of put this show together with some extremes. We've got some more we can do another time. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like yeah. Um, but that's going to wrap this up. That's, uh, this is the back nine. Uh, this is Golf with Jay Delsing on 101. ESPN. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company is proud to be an official sponsor of 101 ESPN's newest show, Golf with our friend Jay Delsing. Just like Jay, Urban Chestnut is born right here in St. Louis. With three local brewing and restaurant locations, you won't travel far to sample straight from the source. If you're heading out to the links this weekend or if you're just in the mood for a classic German-style beer, grab a four-pack of our fresh, refreshing Zwickel Bavarian Lager wherever craft beers are sold. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, St. Louis, Missouri. Prost! Golf Discount is where St. Louis has shopped for all of its golf equipment needs since 1976. There are two locations in town, one in South County just off of Lee May Ferry and one in O'Fallon at Highways K and N. Golf Discount is and always will be locally owned. They employ the most experienced golf staff you'll find anywhere in town. 
And if you're looking to get yourself some custom fit equipment, go to Golf Discount. They use the GC Quad Launch Monitor. This ensures you will always get the perfect fit you're looking for. Visit Golf Discount today. It's time for the 19th hole on Golf with Jay Delsing. Welcome back, St. Louis. We just finished uh, 18 holes of golf, and we are going to our favorite segment, the 19th hole. Um, let's just run straight into this uh, edition of Whack and Chase. All right, guys, time to solve everybody's problems. Jeff is on the line for another edition of Whack and Chase. Well, good morning, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you, gentlemen? Good. Where are you calling in from? Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So, Jay, I would say South Dakota. how many of the states have we got covered now that Sioux Falls, South Dakota's calling? We're got to be close to 10, I bet. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. I'm going to be like four. Oh, I was thinking 15, but I, I okay. went up to 10. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get there eventually. So, so Jeff, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, about your, uh, your golf game and, and what specifically are you looking for, uh, Jay, to help you with? Well, Jay, I'm a single-digit handicap. Nice, and Jeff. Thank you. I'm struggling with getting the ball close at a rough that's fluffy and type of a flyer lie with a 56 and 60 degree wedge. Well, I I understand that problem. That well, does not sound easy. What, what, about the shot the got, what about the, where, the shot that got you into the rough? Is that not a problem? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess that is a problem too. Well, Maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, when you, when we start talking about golf games, I mean, where do we start when yeah. it comes to problems? It's like, well, you know, I, yesterday I thought I was putting well, and today not so much. But so, so Jeff, while while Jay is kind of digesting that uh, that challenge that you put in front of him, we always like to ask the callers just a couple of uh, questions to. Uh, maybe stump them, maybe encourage them, maybe this to kind of ramp up the conversation here. So let me see here. Where should go? Where should we go with you? Uh, tell us a little bit about um, the best shot you've ever hit. The best shot I've ever hit yep. was on number 10 at Spring Creek Golf Club. I love this guy. He, he just knows he knows knows loaded shot. up he knows over his here. favorite shot. Go ahead. Keep going. Spring shot. Spring. What did you call it? Spring, Spring, Spring Creek. Cre- Spring Creek Golf Club. It's on the. It's in Harrisburg on the border of Sioux Falls. Hole number 10, 285-yard par 4, made an ace. What? What? That's awesome. That's what are you That's doing awesome. calling in on our show, man? We need to be calling you to figure out how to make an ace on a par 4. <laughs> so so tell us about the shot. What did you hit? Where did it land? you got to give us a little yeah, bit. We did, have, were you able to see it go in? I wasn't able to see it. So this hole is a short par 4 with trees all down the left side and right side. And they shape the fairway kind of in a half moon from right to left. It's real hard to hit the green because there's a road on the left. They don't want you trying to hit it over the trees. But I'm a, I have a high ball hitter. And I just uh, took my driver out and hit it as high and as hard as I could. The guy that I was playing with laid up in the fairway. So we went to his ball. He hit it up on the green. Really never saw my ball land. I thought it would be close to the green, if not on. We looked over the green, short of the green, searched the rough, and that's a joke. The guy says, let me go look in the hole. 
So he walks over, and there it is in the hole. And we were screaming, jumping up and down, and he photographed me taking it out of the hole. That's awesome. Yeah, That's how, how come? Let me ask you this. So we've made hole in ones before and things like that. How come we never, unless we see him going, how come we never look in the hole first? Yeah, never. We're so used you, to the damn ball so, not going. And why are we so surprised? We're trying well, to do it our whole lives. We finally do it, then we're surprised. I know, and it finally goes where we want it yeah. to, and we don't look there. Amazing, amazing. Okay, well, that's part of it, Jeff. So now tell us, what's the most frustrating? You ever play any tournament golf, Jeff, any competition? Do you ever play Nassau? Is anything with your buddies? Yeah, I do play. I play Nassau, Skins, Nines, and I do play in some competition. Played in the Sioux Falls City Championship was probably my biggest one this year. Oh, cool. So when you're playing competition, what's the most frustrating experience you've had on the golf course? Um, hitting the ball into a situation, for example, this year, had an eight iron into a green and the ball was caught in the wind. It flew into the tall grass behind the green prairie grass, tried to play a shot, couldn't get it out and buried it deeper in the tall grass. It took a couple whacks at it, ended up taking an unplayable line, went, went back out of that penalty area and, uh, yeah. Well, this is a tin cup a story. Great- <laughs> this is a little tin, t- yeah. tin cup story. It sounded like here. This is that's brutal. I made a great putt to save a nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, our, our college, our college golf coach used to come up to us when we'd have a bad hole. He said, "Well, champ, eight's better than nine, isn't it?" And that never helped me, Jay. When he said, "No, that. it pissed me off." A well, little I know, bit. I know it didn't help you, and no, you, you would kind pissed. of keep that yeah. stewing for like yeah, a, a while yeah. too. Well, aren't, and now what you're supposed to do is keep all the bad <laughs> stuff uh, in the forefront of your mind so it can screw up a bunch oh, of man. other shots. I, um, yeah, I, I can remember someone uh, saying, "I cannot believe you made an eight on that hole. How in the hell did you make an eight? And I heard a guy say, "I made about a ten footer." Exactly. Yeah, that's how I made yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It didn't it's, seem that it's, hard at the It's time. all relative. Yeah. It's all relative on that. Okay, so let's get back to uh, uh, Mr. Jeff's uh, uh, question, Jay. So he was asking, hitting that uh, middle wedge, the 60, out of the fluffy uh, rough, so I'm guessing the ball's not sitting all the way down. It's kind of fluffy, and uh, he's trying to hit that shot. It kind of reminds me a little bit of when you and I would do the work, and we'd, we would talk about whether you could get to the ball or not get to the ball. Right, right. So, so Jeff, single digits. Great, great stuff that your game is is so good. So the first thing that we do is we try to read the lie. Okay, so you got to go in and look at what you're dealing with. Whenever you get a lie, Jeff, where the back of the ball is kind of clean, where there's not going to get a lot of grass that's going to get between you and the club face, then you're going to have a few more options. Okay, so you can hit, you can actually hit your 56 or your 60. You can play a low shot, etc for whatever uh, you're most comfortable with. But it sounds to me like what you're struggling with, as you said, kind of a hairy, kind of um, uh, the ball sitting in between, and and, um, uh, and and that poses a completely different issue. So what happens on stuff like that, Jeff, is that your club face never really touches the ball. You hit a bunch of grass, and then you hit the ball. And so what we decided years and years ago, and this was one of the turning points in my short game, when when I when I read those lies, Jeff, and I can't hit it, I go to uh, I go. We play. can't get to the ball without hitting grass. Right. I can't get it. What I mean by can't hitting it is I can't get a clean back of the ball on that club face so that I can get some spin or get some grip on it. I go and hit my bunker shot. So I'll go and play that shot almost exactly like it's in a sand. So the ball's going to go up in my stance. Jeff, it's going to be a much longer swing, slower swing, and one key component 
is you've got to add some angle on your backswing so that your angle of approach and your angle of attack on the ball is where you want it to be in that grass. And what I mean by that is you don't want, there's no situation that I can think of that I want to be taking six to eight inches of sand or grass. I want to be taking three to four. And while knowing that, Jeff, is going to let you know how hard to swing. And so, so as, and as we summarize, but I want you to get a bunch of angle. And so the club is going to be lifted on your backswing. And what that's going to do, it's going to give you a little bit of a, a chop almost feel to it. But a good player like you, I'm sure you know how to use the bounce. And you keep turning through that. And the ball's going to go up in the air because of that angle and come down soft. And you're going to be able to have that to play with and figure out how to get that thing up and down. And I think also maybe, Jay, what do you think about, you know, moderate expectations a little bit. I mean, this is a tough, right. a tough shot. Right. You're not getting to the ball first. There's a lot of different things that you can't know exactly. You're taking the angle attack as close as you can to hit the ball, but you're still going to hit uh, grass. grass. So. Right. Keep uh, keep the expectations, and you and I talked about that a lot because you can get in trouble in these situations. Then, then there's a bunch of trouble. Just get right. the dang thing right. out, and if it goes fairly close, fine. And then work on that shot that uh, puts you in the rough to begin with. That's, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still stuck on that one. No, that's 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 the way. And Jeff, typically these things are when we're short sighted, meaning we've got a really short, tight pin, and this is going to really help you get the ball up in the air and land it soft. Makes a lot of sense. I can see it. Well, thank you, Jeff. Appreciate the time. Appreciate uh, South Dakota. That's ex- yeah. Meet Mark that up. I think that's the uh, fifth different state. Uh, what do we got? We need uh, to get a map. We'll I'm thinking ten. I'm thinking Just ten. Old. I like it five. I'm sure I'm exaggerating. We need a, we need a map with like uh, ten uh, ten pins. Is all, all, all we need for yeah, the rest this, this year. Very anyway. true. I know we did it. We had someone from Arizona and from Texas and for Florida, sure. Florida, and yeah. Florida. Yeah. Hey, Jeff. The way we sign off on Whack and Chase is if if this advice helps you. Tell everybody about Whack and Chase. Tell them about what time we're on. Tell them about the podcast. If you keep hitting these things crappy and hitting them in the rough and everything, tell them we never talked. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Appreciate Jeff. it. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I love these Whack and Chase callers. They're really fun. And, um, man, that's going to do it for another show. Uh, Pearly, thanks for being with me. Meet, as always, thanks for uh, keeping us together. If you want to take credit for that, that's totally up to you. But um, another fun show. Hit him straight, St. Louis. That was Golf with Jay Delsing, brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Tune in next Sunday for more from Jay, John, and the other pros and experts from the golf world. In the meantime, you can find all of Jay's shows at 101ESPN.com, as well as at jdelsinggolf.com.